to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your Conspiracy Asshole, and tonight we have a very special guest. That's right, we got Bruce Torres. But before we bring Bruce on, we got to freaking unplug from the Matrix tonight, guys. We got to relax a little. You know, we're, we're living under trauma-based mind control, and we need to listen to DJ Assault and just shake it a little bit, guys. Just try to shake it just a little bit. Try to relax our mind before we dive deep. Because we're going to talk about some adult subjects. So we need you to kind of get the energy flowing, get the blood going, get your heart pumping, and get that good vibrational energy that we can all dive into. Bruce Torres, I know, that's hardcore music, Bruce, but that is by our very special DJ Assault. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to The Conspiracy Castle. I'm your Conspiracy Asshole, and welcome our very esteemed guest, Bruce Torres. How are you doing uh, this evening, Bruce? Very good, Alex. Great to be here. I will rise to the occasion of your energy, I swear to goodness. Well, you know, I have a lot of energy, but... uh, you know, people always accuse me. They want to say that I'm on performance-enhancing drugs. That's the thing is, Bruce, I'm not. I'm just dialed into, you know, Mother Nature, to those good vibrational energy. And that's the thing is, I believe, you know, your book, you speak about God. That's the first thing I'd actually like to bring up is they are trying to hide the creator, Bruce. And the reason they want to hide the creator is because they want us to not feel like we're spiritual beings so that we don't have any importance, so that we feel that we're insignificant in our life. Is a total waste. And your book, you know, God's School, uh, 9-11, JFK, and the Lies that are Killings and the Truth that Sets Us Free, which I'm going to order today, uh, uh, you know, uh, right now. I'm saying, uh, 
you know, you speak of God. So explain that. Explain. Does it start with the evolutionary lie? Is that the biggest lie, Bruce? It 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 probably is. Oh, shoot. I agree with you that this is a, a spiritual realm. Oh, and fuck. yes. Bruce, something's wrong with the audio all of a sudden. Oh. Can you hear me? Hold on, Bruce. After all that, I guess I pressed something on the technical difficulties, Bruce. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, the freaking yeah. audio, my Bluetooth headphones, it's so annoying that it does this sometimes. Hold on. I say something, Bruce. Yes, I can. All right, now it's all fixed. Oh my gosh, so my Bluetooth headphones, if I press a button on the side, they automatically disconnect, and then it takes forever to reconnect them, so then I gotta put it in my hardwire. So, yes, I'm producing this live editing this show by myself. Sometimes sometimes we have technical difficulties, so for, forgive me. So with all that question, let me restart that question. Is God, what's the deal? That's that's the biggest lie, isn't it, that we're spiritual beings, Bruce? I mean, is, or is that not the biggest lie? Well, you just said it differently. I think you mean to ask me, is the evolutionary evolution theory the lie? Because we are spiritual beings, right? That's, that's what I'm uh, saying. Yo, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying that what I'm trying to say, let me rephrase the question so I sound not like a crazy person. Sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained today, but I'm saying they're trying to hide the existence of God. And I think that's where it starts all the, the crux of society is because it makes us feel like, I mean, you can ha you can argue that atheists can have morality. I'm not saying that, but it makes you feel insignificant that your life means nothing, you know. And so that's why you have low self esteem, and you just you just live in this non existence and non purposeful life, in my opinion. I it, having a spiritual imagination, imagining that there's a spiritual force and a power, uh, has been one of the greatest things about my life. I don't assume that others have that same feeling or that they or that they should i certainly like reading about it and talking about it and i would tell anyone to when you spend time in nature and you just pay attention paying attention alex is the key to everything it's the key to spirituality it's the key to imagining god it's a key it's the key to everything being comfortable in our own skin knowing what we're feeling, being able to emotionally regulate ourselves and parent ourselves so that we can play nicely with others at all starts uh, from paying attention. That will allow someone to feel what the forces of reality are and to imagine that everything's okay and that at the core of everything is a, a safety and the love, these are the things I talk about when I try to explain what God is. I could describe right now what my ideas are from my book. Would you like to do that? Or would you like to go back and forth in a conversation, Alex? Oh, no, I'd love to hear how you describe God. I know I'm very interested. Please, how do you describe God? And uh, <laughs> I'm very, I know I'm always interested because the personal connection to God is so it's almost indescribable, and I think, like I said, is that it starts with evolution. They want to make you feel like you evolved from pond scum, and that's from the jump. So I just think that's a big deal. So, yeah, please describe. Tell me what God is. I'm very interested, 100%. Well, I, I don't presume to be able to say with definity for well, anybody else. Well, your interpretation of it, of course. Thank Sorry, you. Bruce. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Sure, sure. Um, it's the first word of my title as one of the four 
lies or topics that have to be explored in pursuit of a truth that sets us free. So what is the lie of God, according to, to Bruce? It's that he or it is something that we're not. And for the mind control and the social control and the exploitation that follows from organized religion. So to quickly go up with a lot of uh, optimism and, and cheerfulness, reality is energy. It's a, it's a field of energy. This is what science has been teaching us for the last hundred years or more. And with all, for all my living and thinking and discussing and talking and reading, I posit this as an idea for people to play with and spend a few days maybe, walk around, try to get into nature and try to imagine that this is all an illusion of some kind. And we intended to be here. Um, the little thesis in my book is where this all started for me was pondering what is energy. And it started because I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And in that book, he asserts thoughts become things because everything's made out of energy. By their nature, they become things, and it's because things are made out of energy. And I knew the theory of the Big Bang, that energy burst into existence about 14 billion years ago. And I thought, huh, why? Because maybe it wanted to? Is energy the intention to exist? Thoughts are made out of energy. Do they become things because they also are and have the intention to exist? And as all the mystics and success coaches tell us, what you think about, you're giving energy, power, life to. Are we giving things the intention to exist as I look at you and talk to you and give you my energy? Am I giving you more intention to exist? Do you feel that you exist more when someone looks at you and gives you, gives you energy slash intention. So that was my big aha, that energy is the intention to exist. That's why everything comes into existence, and that's why we can create whatever we want. And this, this, this tracks with the biggest thinkers through all time, and I decided to write a book. And I grew up Christian, and I grew up with having to overcome the idea that we're all miserable sinners and God is this other that we have to please. I don't know what your beliefs are, Alex. I'm I with you. The organized them. religion uh, is a tool of control. It's terrible. I think organized religion is, uh, is probably the biggest crux of society as well. Wow, right? Just just for a few thousand years, probably since the beginning Forever. of organized society. Well, it starts yeah. with the priests. They had to make the priests were banging everybody's wives, so they had to make the priests celibate. I mean, the Catholicism is the biggest. Everybody they they sleep with every baby and kid, and and then they you know they hide them and move them to a different diocese instead of actually you know facing the the blues. You know what I'm talking about when they've they've hid literal the movie Spotlight is a national movie, and people don't realize the Catholic Church is hidden so much child pedophilia stuff, it would make you go insane. If you actually look into it, because I went in that rabbit hole. See, I got woke to all this stuff around 2015, 2016, the pizza gay, the child pedophilia, this SRA, satanic ritualistic abuse. I didn't think that was a real thing. SRA, what the fuck? I don't know, what the, that's not, that's a movie. That's a joke. Truth in the movies lies in the news. 
So, but let's get back to all that. We can get into that. But I'm saying let's get back to the religion. Thing. We can talk about anything on the conspiracy house. I'm saying the religion thing isn't that the biggest tool that the, the, the not the elites, people don't like that word, but I guess the people in power use to stay in power? I think so. Um, any good read, any cursory reading of history reveals that. And you, you, you just think about all the folks we've known, all the, all the experiences that we've had also with the, the domination and control. Yes, for all that is empowering and lovely about the, the figure, the character of Jesus is, I think, the hook that brings us into Christianity. <laughs> and I focused on Christianity in my book because I'm an American and I found out and I researched and found out that something like 70% of Americans confess to be or avow to be Christian. So whatever Christianity is, we better all think about it and talk about it and understand it because 70% of us claim to be Christian. And to uh, be able to understand, oh, well, the second topic in my book is school. So religion and education and school, I want to point out, and thinking people tend to agree, teach us one thing first and foremost, and that is to obey. It's not to think for ourselves. It's to do what we're told and believe what we're told and become great, very, very obedient followers. And that is a recipe for the state of the country today, the state of the world today, the state of everything. So I'm going to ask you in, a, in two seconds, I'll just tell you that I've always been a reader and I always knew or grew up knowing that the Oswald story for JFK was malarkey. And I knew that there were problems with Sirhan Sirhan maybe was hypnotized, but it was no big deal to me until 9-11. And I'm a 9-11 nut. I'm just saying I've looked so many hours. Keep going ahead. I'm just telling you. That's why Bruce, oh. I'm just saying I love 9-11, not in that way, but you know what I'm just saying? It's just a topic that's close to me that I have an emotional attachment to because as a kid, it was so traumatic. It's impossible not to have that like a visceral response to it. But go ahead, please. So 9-11 woke you up. I'm interested to hear. Sorry. Well, three years later, so you know, I believe the I believe the news. I was a you know full grown adult at the time and was horrified. I didn't believe in the the, the reasons for going into war. I I'm not sure I believe. Well, let that me cut you off real quick. It. That yeah. was the scariest moment of 9-11 was asking my dad what's going on and him not telling me and seeing him cry. As a kid, it was a realization like my dad doesn't know everything in the world. Like, what? you know, I know that's a bitch ass statement or whatever. But for me, I remember that as a kid being like, my dad doesn't know why these people flew these buildings. Nobody could tell me. I remember how traumatic that was. Sorry. I know everybody believes it. But that for me, Bruce, that was extra mm -hmm. traumatic seeing my dad like shell-shocked, not having any answers, it, it, it kind of showed me, oh, shoot, the world's evil. The world's not this lucky-go-lucky, -lucky, lollipops, candy canes. Ooh, it's not that. Mm -hmm. Well, did that, when did you, you just said a little while ago, 2015, around Pizzagate, was that when well, that, you... That's when I woke you, up to... Were you believe, that's when you woke up to conspiracy or suppressed information? Before that, you were, you believe what authority told us? Well, basically, I mean, let's put it this way. So, uh, okay, well, we'll go back to 9-11. I was a freshman in high school. It was, you know, September. So it was my f first semester of my freshman year of high school. So that was stressful enough being a freshman in high school and not getting hazed and beat up every day. Um, but so that's why it was extra traumatic for me. But, yes, like about 2015, that's when I started to wake up. I saw a loose change, and I just didn't stop 
but before 9-11, I was really into, because I, I graduated from LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 2010. Then I went to move to Los Angeles. I was obsessed with Hollywood. You know, I wanted to be a comic and, and broadcaster. Now I am. It's kind of funny. I ended up doing that in Dallas. But what I'm saying is uh, 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 when I moved there, I got into Scientology a little bit because I live, lived in West Hollywood. And so there was all that. L Not that I was a Scientologist. I'm saying the conspiracy of it. L. Ron Hubbard. Like, what is it? You know, that was my first. That was my first, like, conspiracy. Like, what? This guy started this religion? And then from that, I was semi kind of like, remember seeing on YouTube and stuff, 9 11, I didn't vibe with it. But once I, 2015, I tried to watch Loose Change and I watched about a dozen uh, architecture and engineers, I mean, a dozen hours of that. And then I watched all these pilots of the, 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 the VMR, the, 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 the maximum of the, they call it VMR, but it's velocity maximum rate of a plane. Can't go 500 miles an hour at that low of altitude. I mean, it would shred like, like it would spill like a banana peel. That's what they say. I'm just saying with 9-11, just nothing added up. So, yes, that was a waterfall avalanche of truth. So, was that the same, similar for you? Uh, yes, that was that was the door that opened up into voracious study. It, I, just, I studied 9-11 for years, and it led into, um, well, everything else, you know, just... Um, cause then you've, you, you've, you've learned who owns things and you learn how they can control the media and you discover the, the Bilderberg group and Bohemian Grove and, and on and on and on. Is that, when did you start, when did you start this conspiracy castle? Well, I see, I've been into conspiracies really, like I got into it. Like I said, 2015, I was dating this girl, Lexanne, and she was so cool about it, but she could kind of see, you know, you become a nut because like you said, you take hours. I mean, I know everything about Muhammad Atta's father. I know everything about, I mean, you know, Larry Silverstein, where his daughter and son eat breakfast every day in 2001. How do I know that information? Because I'm a psycho. I read it all. So I'm saying I'm, I'm deep into this. I got really woke, Bruce, for lack of a better word, because like I said, people are asleep. Everybody's a zombie. Everybody's plugged into that fake matrix of reality that, oh, what you see on the Channel 5 News is really what's happening. And so it was a very shell-shocking. And so that's why speaking about it has given me Speaking out against the hypocrisy of the world, I'll never not have a job. I'm going to be a millionaire broadcaster one day. Bruce Satoris, you're talking to the king of all conspiracy. One day I will be the biggest, I'll be bigger than Alex Jones one day because the hypocrisy will never stop and I will never stop exposing it because we live in a world of lies. And that's why I respect you so much, Bruce, because you're another, I look at you, I'm not saying this facetiously, as a saint, you're a real saint trying to expose these, whatever you want to call it, deceivers, uh, social engineers, you're, you're the jig is up. They've been doing this from the jump, and we need more people that are awake. But I, sadly, let me. I know I talk a lot, Bruce, but I, I like to always bring up this example. I'll start with this example: the American people, A and W hamburgers. You've heard of A and W root beer. Remember when they created the hamburger place? They tried to get in the hamburger business. You ever had an A and W hamburger? Well, they they created like a they created like a hamburger chain, and uh, and this is like in the late 80s, early 90s. And they did a market research study across the United States to ask what they want to do is compete with the McDonald's quarter pounder burger. And they asked Americans what burger they thought was bigger, the third pound burger or the quarter pounder burger. And a majority overwhelmingly Americans said the quarter pounder burger because it had the one fourth instead of one third. So you would think the four is bigger. So what I'm saying is society is so dumb and you would get a better deal. Your hamburger, if you pick the one third for the same price, you think 
you get a better deal. You think people would figure that out because they're hungry, but people are so stupid, even though they're fat and stupid. But not only facts are eating there, they're stupid because they don't know how to order the burger right. So what I'm saying, if I, I, I don't hold out a lot of hope for waking everybody up, especially with what's going on now with the future uh, passports, you know, or with the future uh, tyranny that we're under now. I mean, does this is this giving me more hope? No, because sadly, I didn't see this coming. You didn't see this coming, but we saw this coming. I, we didn't see this coming, but we knew that the government, the Patriot Act 2.0 was right around. So, I mean, I didn't call this. You didn't call this, but we knew that the teeth of government were only going to sink in deeper into us. Yeah, we um, we will never run out of things to do or folks to strike up conversations with and say, hey, do you know um, you know anyone who thinks 9-11 was an inside job? I used to do that for years and uh, found there, there was, it was about a third, kind of a third, less than a third. Um, but that was in, that was in the 2000s. Now it'd be fun to do a random survey of, of people and just say, you know, what do you think of 9-11? Do you believe the official story? Do you suspect some, uh, you know, nonsense there? Do you know anyone who has looked into it and have claimed anything like that? Alex, you and you definitely, me maybe, are still so young. We have got to keep, we've just got to keep reading and learning and broadening our view because uh there there is reasons to be there are reasons to be cheerful there there is the necessity to to generate hope and you seem like a very lively and cheerful person so um i'm not uh swallowing that 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 you've got no hope about oh you know uh well it's not total black pills what they say nihilism i'm not totally like that but i we had to find some comedy in this but it's hard to laugh about two towers, three towers going down in Manhattan, building seven offset. I'm just saying, it's hard to laugh about that, but as sad, as sad as it is, we have to, because these evil people, what I believe is they like to steal our loose or low vibrational energy. They, so that's why they keep us in a low vibrational energetic state. So the only way we can ever be happy is if we try to vibrate at a higher level or a higher energy, and we literally look at the terrible stuff we laugh at it or we don't give it the power that they want it to have over us. We try to turn it into a smoothie mm-hmm. and drink it and make it palatable. A little mm-hmm. teaspoon of sugar makes the medicine mm-hmm. go down. Because sadly, they're mm-hmm. going to give it to us. No Vaseline. I mean, Bruce, what are we going to do? I mean, socialism is here. What is, I mean, do you have any hope? What is your, okay, real quick, let's break it down. What is your hope? 9-11, Patriot Act 2.0, do you think, I mean, the, the original Patriot Act, do you think there's going to be a new Patriot Act mandatory app site type thing coming out very soon, Bruce. It's it's quite possible, um, if not probable, just because of all you've studied about America since two thousand one, since since nine eleven. We have to kind of hope against hope that enough people are searching the internet, or listening to shows like yours, or reading books like mine, and you and we need to fan those fires we need to say to everyone we can and in every way and you're doing a massive job you have a podcast like this do you have anything besides this podcast that's also spreading uh suppressed information alex 
Wait, say that question one more time. What about this podcast? Is, it, is this is this your major vehicle for getting well? Uh, yeah, YouTube out there or okay. I mean, I mean, and the thing is, YouTube's so censored. That's what I'm saying. I have to dance around it. I have to use so many sort of uh, trick words. It just sucks. But but the thing is, with you with YouTube, they want us off it so bad, and I've gotten so many strikes. I have so many multiple channels. Is that I think we have to stay on more just to go against the censorship, and, and for me. Um, it's it, I have built an audience, but my YouTube's not monetized. So in case I lose it, I don't then have like my personal information. I don't. It just sucks. It sucks being a conspiracy theorist, Bruce. If I was sitting here and making like, oh, we went to the you know pro whatever the mainstream agenda was videos, I might not have a huge audience, but I wouldn't have to worry about every day coming clicking uh, every time I open up an email. It says from YouTube. I don't know if it's like you got a new subscriber or your channel got deleted. So it's a little stressful because they don't like you talking about. Muhammad Atta, Building 7, what's happening, right. anything go with the who. They don't like that. Right, right. right. Do you know um, of Derek Bros and his group, The Conscious Resistance? Yeah, I have a little bit, but uh, uh, tell, me, tell me a little bit more. Refresh me. These guys are, are, and there's a number of folks like him, and there's a number of folks that he does different collaborations with, and they're preaching the gospel of all these other platforms. Oh, Bruce, you're muted somehow. Hey, Bruce, I, I don't know. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah, yeah I have yeah, a little yeah, break. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 yeah. they're preaching about yeah. these other platforms. And there are yeah, these other platforms. platforms. Yeah, yeah. And for you who've put so much time and effort into creating a viable business here and an income stream, um, I, and got to look into those other things. So, And I'm just mentioning him as a, as a, as a start for you to oh, for find other folks like sure. you who, who are getting uh, spreading out on other platforms so that when you are deplatformed from YouTube and it's just a matter of time that you've got, you know, uh, other ships to jump onto and to continue your, you know, your operations and, and other endeavors. Well, um, and, and so, I do yeah. that. I do, but it still sucks. I'm saying like, we're, we're not just on YouTube. We're on 11 different platforms. We're on every okay. single social right. media right now. We're oh, on Odyssey. Okay. We're on everything. We're on total yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, we're, yeah. we're on actual because of redundancy we're on twitter facebook yeah. twitch yeah. Uh, but what i'm saying is youtube i just have the biggest audience because people like youtube because yeah. the chat the chat interaction it's just user friendly the subscription it's it's yeah. a lot of people yeah. have youtube premium but you know the censorship is is outright insane because that's how people found out about 9-11 is from youtube i mean i'm guessing mm -hmm. is that how you originally found it i mean how else did you find out about 9-11 truth you didn't go to blockbuster and rent a movie about it <laughs> no no I, I met a fellow at a at a business success conference a three-day weekend and he he got up in front of the room in a hotel big ballroom and alluded to it if not definitely claimed it and i tracked him down and he was he was going out to lunch with some friends and I said, Can I tag along? And I just picked his brain. It was the summer of two thousand four. And my jaw dropped and then I went I went home and it was on YouTube where a lot of things started and then I got the books, you know, David Ray Griffin's books and uh, and then Jim Mars was also writing about it. And it's outrageous. Ah, but when the and then just you'll you'll love this. Um, then I went to a, a, another friend's talk, he was talking about finances and they they basically explained and taught how the, the history of the federal reserve system 
and that we can only describe that as a scam, as I, I'm guessing you're aware of, right, Alex? Of course, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yes, it's a word. Yeah. Well, but, and, but to, go ahead, yeah, please. To make the point about enthusiasm, after his little presentation, there's about 20 of us in the room, I asked a clarifying question, and he, he confirmed my idea, and I said, you mean even this, that, and the other thing? And he said, yes, you know. And I stood up, because I like to be funny also, and I said, you mean there's really a dragon to slay? There's really a dragon to slay. So, Alex, you will agree. It's I, I used to stand outside of Target in front of the, you know, on a nice summer day with my cell phone. Nobody was on it. Just so as people walked by me in and out of the front door, I would say things like, yeah, no, 9-11 was totally an inside <laughs> job. Yeah, there's no way planes can bring down. Yeah, office fires don't do that to skyscrapers. We'd have to rewrite. Everything we know about architecture and engineering and safety and big buildings, blah, 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 blah. I, I, was, inf I was really, really inflamed with it. And, um, and, and so it's, it's, we, are, we are being led off the cliff. We're led, into, we're led into wars. We're led into all kinds of subservience. And it is, it's vitally important. And every, all right, so what are your, what are your, what do your listeners want to want us to, to, to go into about no, no, this? No, 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 no. You I, know I, what I, they've already heard and what do they want? How, how, no, do I, we, do, we talk about whatever we want. This is the Primetime 99 Alex Stein Show. We grind and shine. I, I break it all down, Bruce. But what I'm saying is, you know what I'd actually like to talk about because I'm in Dallas. I'm pulling up this 9-11 video. I was like you. I got into nutty 9-11. You're talking about how you're just like doing all this. So you're, you're like, you know, truth smacking these people with this overhearing. I went and protested at George Bush's library. I'm about to pull the video up, but it's so many videos down, I got to scroll. But this is what I want to hear about first. So JFK, Prescott Bush, and the Bush family connection. What do you? How do you think the Bush family was connected to the JFK assassination? I've really got to. I've got to dig a lot uh, more into that because it's referred to um, by many, many sources, and the. Of course, John Henke's film, the JFK 2, I remember all that circumstantial evidence and all the names of the, of the boats and the oil platforms around the Bay of Pigs and his, uh, you know, the incriminating memo Hoover wrote the day, the weekend after the assassination, alluding to a George Bush of the Central Intelligence Agency. Of course, he denied years later, no, I wasn't in the Central Intelligence Agency in 1963. But... Prescott and the Bushes and his sons and his grandson, of course, are all skull and bones. And um, my publisher, Chris Milligan at Trine Day, has asserted in many conversations, a couple of conversations, I don't want to exaggerate, unnecessarily, but just enough. No, kidding. We can speculate um, on this show. It's fine. There's a no, lot no, of no, rumor in your no. window. I know you have to no, be a man of your word, but I'm a little rumor in your window because... I am a speculator. This we're talking conspiracies, but go ahead. I know you're a man of honor. Sorry, Bruce. So, so let me. No, speculate. not at all. No, no, no. I, it's um, I, I, I don't have it at the tip of my head. Bush's involvement with uh, the JFK assassination, but I've seen plenty um, that accuses him of such, and I don't have the facts and figures to 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 back that up. I just know it'd be a fascinating field of study. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, the uh, Jim Garrison, who investigated uh, the assassination in the late 60s and indicted, you know, businessman Clay Shaw down in your neck of the woods, down in uh, New Orleans, 
He told John Barber in an interview in 1980, 1981, off the record, because he couldn't prove it, that Garrison suspected that William Avril Harriman ordered the assassination of President Kennedy. And because who was Kennedy he? was he was the uh, a member of Skull and Bones. He was um, one of the most powerful, well-connected uh, people throughout the early 20th century. He was the son of E.H. Harriman. E.H. Harriman, one of the major railroad tycoons in the late 1800s, who then became a very powerful investment banker and operator on Wall Street in the 1920s, 1930s, who had a hand in investing in the Bolshevik Revolution and the setting up of the Soviet Union. And then Harriman had a lot of banking companies that uh, facilitated transactions and helped the Nazis get strong and continue doing business even after World War II started. And Harriman, because he was one of the giant fortunes of uh, America and its industrial um, growth and, and, and gigantism and the, uh, that whole robber baron era his family did by the 1930s and 40s, he was getting into positions of big political power. He was the ambassador to the Soviet Union for FDR in World War II. He became, uh, I know he was the governor by the, by the 1950s, and he had a, a, he had a played a role in Kennedy's uh, State Department. But he and was he was a big super dealer. rich. Let's see him more important. Rich. I mean, he was super, super rich. I mean, if he's one of the biggest railroad guys. Right. He's up there. His family was up there with the Rockefellers in terms of being able to pull strings. So, and here's the back to Prescott. He brought Prescott into the banking business in the 1920s, I believe, and uh, groomed him up into positions of power. They were, I think, partners of a bank called Union, let's just say the Union Banking Corporation, that United States government shut down in 1942 because of the finances that they were facilitating, facilitating on behalf of Nazi interests under the Trading with the Enemies Act. So Prescott is, uh, he also developed, brought Richard Nixon into uh, political uh, prominence, if not helped him with his first election in 1946 and helped him become a, become a congressman. Um, was this guy a California so, guy? This Harmon guy, or what is his name? Harmon? No, New York. He was also governor of New York. No, that's a it's a New York uh, based. Uh, well, that's the biggest he, he occultic city. I mean, then New York. I mean, that's not a good thing. <laughs> but he's right, right. Know. So that that would be these are the names and the topics I'm throwing out for your listeners. If they, you know, they, you want to see how no, the Bush is really involved wanna... with. Uh, JFK assassination, you focus on Harriman too. You'll find him. You can't avoid him, you know, yeah. So Harriman is one of those big key figures, but I don't understand why would they yeah. even want, I mean, there's so many different things. Like I did the, the space, the moon landings were totally bull crap. I mean, the, you know, the 1969s, 1972 moon missions. I mean, the fact they say they went to the Van Allen radiation belt, they landed on the moon, Nixon had a phone call with them. That technology, all that stuff's a lie. But so would they say though that they had to kill him because he might've revealed that he knew, you know, that, like 
he was going to say, because this is what they say, I don't know, a rumor in your window, is that because he was a Democrat, is that he saw they were wasting all that money on the moon mission and that he had heard from Russia that it was impossible to go to the moon because Russia had beat us in everything in space. They'd beat us in, you know, yada, yada. We just didn't have the power to get there or whatever the hell, you know, that's what they said. That's what he was under the impression, supposedly. So he was well, going to he was going to yeah. reveal that and so they had to kill him. What do you hear about that? You ever heard about that? Peripherally, uh yeah, not not substantially. Um I've seen the you know documentaries about Kubrick's involvement with uh possibly, you know, faking the moon landings. I'm on the fence about the moon landings. That's um, fair. I, I but I'm just telling yeah. you you can look into that Bruce as a guy as well as you. I'm just saying you haven't looked into it then. Have you looked into it? A little bit, yeah, but ten years ago, so you know, I'm a little fuzzy on it. I I consider those kind of you know like they're on the shelf topics for me to to really really. You need uh, to dive into, into yeah, the moon. You need yeah. to, what you need to do is you need to watch the press conference after. Let me just tell you. Uh, oh, I've seen that. They're all there. They're depressed. They're obviously they look. They certainly Bruce, look they like didn't just they're, get mortified. Back to the moon, they're mortified. Bruce, they're mortified. They're mortified. They know right, that they are. Up. They feel like shit because they're lying yeah. in front of all yeah. those people right. and they feel it, rotten. It, right. And it we don't have the technology yeah. to go there right. today. We don't have it then, right. dude. Well, okay. Uh, you're, you're I, just put it this way. Yeah. Just put it this way, Bruce. How are you going to build something without the ability to send an email? They didn't have email back then, much less of, I mean, what the fudge? Give me and a I'm break. Sure you, I bet you've seen the documentaries where, you know, they, they zoom in close on pictures of the lunar thing uh, on the moon. And you Bruce. can see kind of like scotch tape and cellophane. Bruce, and right, you've seen that kind of stuff. Ever. I don't even want to get into it. That is the biggest <laughs> crap ever. Oh, my God, it made me sick. Okay, but right. let's let's talk about this. Okay, let's go to but that and people need that. You need to be your next but, deep dive. But I'm, I'm why they? Nut. But 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 listen, yeah. you're in Dallas. We could we could do a lot about why they killed JFK. It's the biggest chapter in my book. Yeah. It's been the biggest obsession for the last more than ten years of my life. Um, uh, without a doubt, the, one of the biggest reasons is the um, he he was not going to create. The big war in Vietnam that they that they wanted, but Alex, check this out. Have you heard of the killing of the king? No, tell me the killing of the king. All right, uh, it's it alludes to a mass ritual, and they love those. I'm <laughs> sorry, they love those. So, what what uh, I'm hearing, and I've got to study it, and I've got to see the sourcing for myself. But what People that I really, really respect have been researching this for a long, long time say that Kennedy's assassination was a mass, it was a public ritual to traumatize the population with the killing of the king. And they also steal his power if you kill the king. And that it was set up and planned years in advance before Kennedy was even elected. So the scenario is that, not like 9-11, it's a mass satanic ritual to summon the dark powers that these psychopaths, the elite, the 1% believe in, and also to traumatize as many of us, the population as possible so that we say, yes, yes, do whatever it takes to protect us. Take my rights, read my email, tell me when I can go shopping or not. And to, and also to have us vibrating in fear like you talked about at the beginning about keeping us in low energies because of the theory espoused by the likes of you know david ike and others 
Fear is food for the alien interdimensional entities, speculation innuendo, that inhabit the bodies of the world's rulers and use them as avatars. Avatars. I believe that. I believe they can probably, they actually use it as an energy source like a battery. No, I mean, it's it's so blatantly obvious. Uh, I, went, I went to all that just to get to, to get to Z for the light for the folks who, who love the speculation and innuendo of what. Oh well, here even more speculation. Conspiracies uh, are. A guy yeah. Austin Winston, a friend of mine, he even likes. It. You know, there's a lot of people that think JFK faked his death, but I don't. I don't believe that. I believe they killed him. Like you said, I think believe is a mass occultic ritual. Like Just, now, like the mask, like eyes wide shut. You know, the skull and bones mm-hmm. when they make you go into a coffin and pour cat blood on you, make you masturbate in front of a group of guys. That, that's yep. like the same thing, you know, with this mask. It's an Illuminati, eyes wide shut, a, a initiation ritual. But so you think that was like one of the rituals? There had to be one before that. I wonder what was the, wonder what was like the first mass occultic initiation ritual like before JFK? Well, I, it's probably happening, you know, since the beginning, beginning of time or as long as these kind of secret esoteric knowledge and wisdom has been, been being passed down and the trail goes back millennia. It goes back thousands of years. Um, it could be argued that all the wars are sacrificial bloodlettings, all wars. Well, the Boston these- Tea Party, I don't even know anything about that, but that's probably bullshit. I've never looked into it five seconds. I was just trying to think of something we haven't looked into uh, because uh, I'm just thinking that's something I've never looked into. Uh, that's probably, everything's probably fake, Bruce. They don't tell us anything. We don't know anything. Well, it takes it takes a lot of digging. It takes a lot of uh you know, comparing notes and looking at many, many sources. You know, I just what I found is in in the readings that you, you know you can you can you can prove anything. You can find a book that claims anything, and you can you have to. We have to be careful. Um, it's great to raise the alarm just in general to say, hey, listen, because you're there's a there's a great case to be made for where you're coming from, which is, if I could put words in your mouth, everything from the mainstream media is a lie. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that although we we'd be best to live as if that is or at least to to consider them guilty until proven innocent because of the phenomenal dogpile of lies that have killed real people and exploited real money from real taxpayers um you know, so I guess I'm I'm dancing here. I'm trying to I'm straddling the fence of trying to be I'll tell you what that's called. Elastically accurate with the claims in my book, and also uh, coming shoulder to shoulder with you as a as a as a brother and someone who has looked at the stuff behind the scenes and wants to pull our hair out and say, "I feel like I'm taking crazy pills." Great line from what was that movie? I don't know, but I really appreciate the camaraderie with you with me, you know, but I have to tell you, this is what it is. Passion for the truth. Yeah. But I'm the same way is the thing is sometimes I have to do it too with my friends who don't like it. You have to plug into the matrix and that's what you have to do because you have to fit in with society. You don't want to be an outcast because you don't have that luxury of being a social pariah. You know, you have a life to live, but there are still social rules you got to follow. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have FU money yet, you know. Exactly. If we're gonna have it. You're gonna have it. I can. I One can day it, I'll be a big time guy, Bruce. You'll be on the show all the time. I'll give you some skrilla. I'll break you off some. But but wait, I'm just saying. You know, with the with our regular people, Bruce. Like you said, with the phone, you were trying to tease people talking about it out loud. <laughs> you can't do that with your own buddies. I mean, I'm sure some of your best friends you talk about it. But I mean, some of my best friends I don't talk about 9/11 too. I start talking about 9/11 and they just give me this googly eyed look, or I can I'm not even on the phone and I can tell how their faces. 
you know? I, 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 right. And it's, it's okay. Cause I think we go through phases and if you really became awake in 2015, that's only six years ago. How long have you been doing this castle? Literally a year. I mean, I was last I started right. in May. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm new. Right. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm learning yeah. new stuff every day. If I sound like a know, that's yeah. the one thing is I do know some bullcrap, but I and I some I kind of come off as a know it all. I don't know jack shit. I'm learning every day. I, I can't. I don't. There's not enough time to listen to enough and read enough stuff. My thing is, you said you read books. My pro, my favorite thing to do is what I'm obsessed with. I like to analyze the news. I read like Daily Mail and Drudge. I read almost every article, which is all fake. But I, that's like, well, I get pleasure out of decoding it now. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I mean, the truth is new, but what am I going to do? I mean, it's better late than never. I'm not late. I'm really young. No, no, no. But I'm no, saying, no, you know, no. yeah, yeah. You know what, what are you going to do? You just, there's, oh, never I, brought, I, I, met, I, I started making points along those lines, Alex, just to say after years of really being frustrated because this good friend wouldn't listen or this good friend, you know, I, you know, wrote me off with, you know, as if they have zero respect for my intelligence or, or, or my judgment. I'm at the point now where it's, I'm very, very comfortable with going as far as I can with someone and honoring the, the rapport and their right to believe whatever they want. And when enough people argue back, now I'm going to sound pompous, but um, <laughs> it's okay. You hear, You're in a you castle. Can hear, <laughs> you can hear the the, the similarity of their of where they're coming from they're reacting like people on TV that's where they've tr been trained how to respond to stuff that's outside their their little worldview and they are repeat alikes and sound alikes and it, it's and it goes back to you were alluding to the dumbing down of America and not knowing the difference you know what's bigger one third or one fourth it goes back to that which is generations raised on television, generations raised with the media, now generations raised with, you know, the, this, the, the mesmerizer right in, their, in front of their face since they're, they're very, very young, and it, and it prevents the development of critical thinking, and let alone niceties of, of, a, of, a, of a pleasant conversation. Everyone's very, very reactive. Everyone is very, very touchy, triggerable, all these things that prevent enjoying being who you are enjoying the moment that we're in my book delves a little bit into that to the philosophical implications of is this an illusion why are we here did we intend to be here are we you know the intention to exist and those are the those are the wonderful and the foundational philosophical questions who am i why am i here what's a good life what's right and wrong, what's good and bad, what's good and evil. And as, as someone who has helped raise children, um, I, I submit that those are, that's what's missing is just good parenting. Many of us don't have good parents because for generations we've been dumbed down by the, what's in the school and what's, what's in the media. So what's good parenting, Bruce? Good parenting is being able to parent yourself and if you've had a good mother and a good father you've got the skills to whoa calm yourself down let's think it through is it really the end of the world you you know you drop the last egg maybe we can get new eggs is it really the end of the world you you, you crack the tip on your last pencil maybe we can get new pencils you see where i'm going with this yes the media and also the 
the bombardment, the fire hose of fear that we are assaulted with is meant to freak us out and just to keep us quivering, happy, under a blanket, begging a president or a governor to be strong enough to, to solve all our problems, make all the scary stuff go away. I'll do whatever you want. I'll wear whatever you want. Just make it go away because we're, we, we, we didn't mature into adults. We can't emotionally self-regulate ourselves. We're triggered. We're, 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 we're 25 years old and we're babies. Well, I think it's the victimhood. I don't know why everybody thinks it's so cool to be a victim. I don't know when that became such a thing. Like I, I remember as a kid, like you would be ashamed of your victimhood. I mean, not that that's a good thing either. Like real victims would hide it is what I'm saying, you know, but nowadays if you've been transgressed minorly, if somebody cuts you off in traffic and they have a Trump bumper sticker that, you know, you can go to their house and spray paint there. I mean, and I'm just saying it's just, it's all meant though. This is the problem is all the divisiveness is a game that they're playing with us and we fall right into it. So, so, but let me go back to this one thing you were talking about earlier. So God, do you believe God that we have the creator within us? And when we, cause I think you said something like that. What was your understanding of God? I didn't, uh, uh I don't know if did you fully, under, did you fully answer that? Well, I'll take another, I'll do it again. Yeah. Um, my understanding of God. I'd rather answer the question. Well, it you is my whatever. understanding. No, you tell me. Well, whatever. it's my it's my understanding of reality. It's my hope. It's also my impression that this is a completely spiritual realm. What does spiritual mean? It's a magical realm. It's it's a I would conscious. Agree with you. It is a magical a, realm. Yeah, it's a conscious realm. It's all alive. It's and our intentions, our power is potentially infinite. And individually this is or what, a society is infinite power? I'm gonna say individually. Now, hmm. we gotta get our goals right. You know, is it to be happy? Is it to enjoy being who we are? I'm gonna say our, you know, our power is infinite. But it's even infinite to this extent it's in it's 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 we are what we think period and we can control we we can we can choose what we think sometimes a little thing sums it up well i read about uh, a survivor of the nazi concentration camps and he was asked how did you survive when so many succumbed to to the to the weakness to the to the despair and he said they could beat me they could starve me. They could make me sleep in snow, sleep on concrete. But the guards couldn't make me stop loving them. I don't even get it. What does that mean? We, you know, because he was loved him the whole time. That's why he made it. Because he had love in his heart. Yeah. Did I you mean, see the movie? It sounds beautiful, but I don't know. I bet he made it because he got lucky. I hate to. I mean, Did you? I, go, what movie? What movie am I we talking about? Schindler's List. I was just. No, I was just going to ask you. If, no, another movie called Life Is Beautiful. That. Why have I not seen that? That's such a famous movie, and I haven't seen it. Why am I such an idiot? Okay, I don't. You know, you're no idiot. You're, there's a lot of movies out there. But that's um, a real famous one. Life is beautiful is a real famous one. But uh, uh, it's delightful. It's delightful too. It's delightful. okay. Well, give us a synopsis. Tell us the reference, please, so I can learn it. Well. 
spoiler, everybody. It's fine. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, everybody. It's it's about a it's about a, a, a cheerful man. I think he was in Italy in uh, middle of World War II, and he's Jewish, and he and his wife and his little son get taken to a concentration camp. And the wife goes with the women, and his son is with him in his in the wooden dirty barracks, and and the and the kid and he convinces the kid that. This is a game. We're competing with the women, and uh, the kids have to stay hidden. And if you if you get seen, then um, you know we lose and they win. And uh, the the you know uh, and so he just works. <laughs> he works his guts out, thinking uh, that it's a game. Kid. Thinking it's, and he's the only little kid in the barracks with with the men because all the other kids got taken with. Um, I think he's the only kid in the barracks. Wow. But Alex, but Alex, the point is, by the end of the movie, the kid has had a wonderful time the whole time because his During father cares so much. To, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's very poignant. It's very moving. It's really it's a it's very very powerful in terms. I don't of mean to laugh to be insensitive. It's hard. just it's just kind of a funny. It's like all those nowadays you couldn't make that movie. It'd be too insensitive. I don't know. Maybe we could, maybe they could, maybe they couldn't. Um, yeah. So, uh, God, yeah. Um, one, one has to, uh, one has to, when, 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 when we, uh, pay attention, it comes back, back to also paying attention. What we're, what we're experiencing is, uh, reality. And what reality is, is love. That's what it is. That's what energy is. And it's it's the it's the message of the mystics throughout the throughout millennia. It's what Eastern philosophy is filled with. It's what Buddhist philosophy is filled with. Is that this is some kind of an illusion, Alex? That at the deepest core of what things are made of, it's energy and it's infinite. There's no place where you stop and I start. Okay. The universe might very well be. Is this all new to you, or have you encountered no, no, anything like this. that before? No, no, no. I've heard okay. this, but but I'm just getting your understanding of it because you know a lot of this kind of uh, uh, metaphysical stuff is just. I mean, I've heard it all. I don't know. I don't know. I know that uh, there is some metaphysicalness to us, but in the free energy, but the, the the infinite energy. I haven't heard this. This is new. That's why I'm interested. I haven't heard this, Bruce. What is what? I know when we stop having. I know when we stop. I know that we're energetic beings, and as soon as we stop having energy, we die. And you know that energy is our spiritual being. You know that's the thing that connects us to our. You know it's it's our pineal gland. It's our connection to the spiritual side. It's like our soul. You know we're a thumb that happens to have a soul. We're not a soul that happens to have a thumb. So it's like uh, our body is just the rental car it uses. Uh, and to stay on this dimension. And then I think maybe our soul maybe stays on this dimension or goes to a different dimension. I'm not sure. But the, but the, the, the energy, so you think it's a, a eternal energy is what you're saying? Well, I'm, uh, me and We're a lot of scientists are saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, for, for 100 years or so, science has, has said everything's made out of energy. Energy is the only thing that there is. Um. We don't have to try to have energy. We're we're made of it. There's nothing solid, and yeah, I think you were just so just the atoms staying together on this pin is energy. Just it staying together, even though it's not moving or anything, that is energy. Well, here's the here's the beautiful thing. You know, if you if we had a microscope strong enough to look inside of an atom, we could see its different parts: protons and electrons, I believe. And then if we 
looked strongly at the protons and electrons, Alex, there's nothing there. It's just it's a vibe. It's a vibration in a field that we're pleased to call energy. We use the word energy, but it's an it's a it's an infinite field. That's that's what everything's made of. And could we be alien beings that are plugged in somewhere, and this is just the world that we see, this pan and stuff. This is just the matrix that. We live in, and really, we're somewhere else. We're some. I bet of, you've seen some. You've you've seen some folks speculate along those lines, right? Yeah, I mean, this, I've seen this, this matrix, is a simulation, I mean, yeah, right? I mean, I mean it, yeah, the, the idea not, it doesn't sound impossible. Yeah. I mean, that but the, 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 that that would almost believe mean there's God too, because somebody created that. So you know, but it is interesting. So what do you think about that, Bruce? Well, um, I like to think that that we plan to come here before we were born to experience what we're experiencing and to and to learn what we could learn and i've watched a lot of interviews with folks who had near-death experiences ndes and there's a similarity to what they experience but that realm is so much more real than this one they can't even describe it and they instantly felt uh, an infinite love and safety and and a feeling of being at home that uh, was overwhelming. And often they've got spirit guides who kind of talk to them in, in some, in, in they're, they're a little bit confused sometimes about, you know, do I get to stay? Do you know, you, well, you could stay or do you want to go back or no, you have to go back because you got a lot to do. You have a lot of people to help. Please don't make me go back because they want to stay. They want to stay, Bruce. And the stories? Well, yeah, the folks who've, you know, flatlined or, you know, yeah, who have been clinically dead for, for a few minutes, they have these experiences where coming back, they don't want to come back. It's so, it's, this is so much more constrained compared to the spirit that they realize that's what they really are. That's, and coming, being here is a very, very cramped, limited, um, if not painful, experience compared to according to them what awaits us after we pass away so, so these folks come back and they often develop psychic powers and they also they often have seen the spirits of their dearly departed loved ones and they know that their dearly departed loved ones are all here we just see a very very small range of the electromagnetic spectrum if our if we had different eyes and different ears we would see more of what's here. We would hear more of what's here. I suspect and bet that when we quote unquote die, these limit these limiters are lifted and we finally see and hear and experience what's really real. So in that scenario, I love to think that all your ancestors are, are all around you and they've always been and they always will be. And you're always around them. And folks who've lost loved ones and have seen them and had visitations what we would call ghosts etc it's all consistent with this um these impressions and i read around all of these things alex because i just have, i just i just do well real quick let me say something hey grandma if you're here when when the girl comes over do not go in my bedroom and watch us grandma just leave us alone i just want to make that go ahead sorry sorry bruce no, she's probably grateful for that. Yeah, okay. I just want to remind her. Yeah, right. sorry, sorry. That's no, right. I do believe that there because, listen, 
I, I, this sounds crazy, but I always talk about my buddy Clark Gable. He was, so I worked here in Dallas. I signed an NDA for a TV show, Cheaters, where he catch people cheating on their husbands and wives. So you can, you know, you can kind of look into it and really kind of figure out what's going on. It's reality TV, but I can only say so much. But I'm saying, um, this host, Clark Gable, who's a friend of mine, and I wouldn't, he died of an unexpected drug overdose. And I can get into that. It helped me change my life. You know, it made me, I was like, oh, I quit drinking. You know, I really changed my life after that. Not that my life was that bad, but it was just a motivation to like, whoa, I could die if, by taking a drug. You know, what I'm saying is, I felt like, Bruce, I felt Clark for a month after he died. And when I say I felt him, like, I wasn't talking to him, but like, I would be like sad about him and I could like feel his inner, I don't care what you said, I could feel his energy in the room. I could feel the connection. Uh, I don't care what anybody says, they could say, Alex, you were crazy. I was stone cold sober, sober and sober. It wasn't like I was drunk or high. And I could, and this has lasted days, days, a month, I felt like this. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, not all constantly, but I mean, I could get into a, a, an energetic state where I'd be like mad and I could just feel his like embarrassment or his sadness or his, I don't know what it was, but it, because the guy had had a falling out with his parents because he had been on drugs. So I, I don't know, this is even worse. His dad didn't want him to be buried at his family cemetery. Like I know when he died, his death, because he was a young man, is like the youngest child of his brothers and sisters. It was very... Like any death, not well received, but especially not well received, you know, from a guy that was not meant to die. Um, they almost took it as but selfishness. So did he? Can I add? Did he kill himself? Oh no, no. So I didn't tell you what happened. Okay. So the guy was a big party animal. I forgot. Sorry, huge party animal. Drank, smoked. I saw him, and and I would have thought, you know, like I don't know if you know people that party. You probably don't. But like I went to LSU. I've seen all kinds of people do all kinds of drugs. You can tell there's people that are amateurs and people that are like seasoned pros at it, right? And this guy was a pro from California. The first time he ever tried cocaine was with his own dad. His, his grandfather is Clark Gable from Gone to the Wind. This is his grandson. He was the host of the show Cheaters. So he grew up in California, hung out with Paris Hilton, was like wild. I thought the guy was a badass. I mean, his personality was cool if he wasn't all spun out on whatever. His personality was pleasurable and cool from California, young kid from famous family. And he's like, he wasn't, you know, he was because he was a druggie. Druggies are pretty humble. You know, he wasn't all like, you know, I'm this. He was very laid back, cool guy. So you got along with him. And I'm telling you, he, he, I would have thought the guy would have lived for forever doing drugs, but he supposedly went and bought two Vicodin and they were fentanyl. They were pressed pills, fentanyl, and he took them and woke up dead. And that's why at that time, I didn't party or anything like him, but I, I was, for that month, I was so sad about his death. This was unexpected. I just stopped drinking and I was, you know, trying to lose weight. And I was kind of just trying to, I was going to change my life. And I did. And that was a motivator that helped me. Maybe I'm being selfish using his death. That's what, like, my girlfriend told me at the time. I remember much. She's like, you can't make this death about you. I was like, I don't know. I feel it. Like, I really was emotional. Hey, you do deal with it however you deal with it. But I worked with him on a TV show for four years. I mean, he was a good friend of mine. And we had had a falling out. I just felt so rotten about his family, how they, they had just basically kind of like shunned him in his in his afterlife like i almost felt like his soul didn't have anywhere to go well that's very compassionate of you and i love that you felt his presence for as long as you did thereafter which is you know a result of i'm gonna say uh paying attention because if that's reality 
if all souls are always all always here and if we're fine after death well then um you know we're going to want to pay attention a lot more because when 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 i was a kid came home from school one day my brother sister and i and it was a rainy day and my mother at dinner she said middle of the day she she never drank she never did any drugs she she said she looked out the kitchen window into our backyard and she saw an indian standing in the backyard and then after her father died my grandfather died she said she was alone in the house we were all at school and he just was came was in the bedroom in his raincoat and his hat and he, he sat on the bed and they hugged and they comforted each other. She wasn't napping. Like I said, she didn't drink, she didn't do drugs. And these are just drops in the bucket of all the stories, Alex, of folks who've had those kind of experiences. So if that's a truth that sets us free, that we need not fear death, this is an entirely spiritual realm, um, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to be able to be so manipulated by fear. We're not gonna. We're we're gonna be a little freer to uh, indulge being kinder to each other, and and we're not gonna be you know led uh, as the as the masses as as much as quote unquote they they want us to. So I, I bundle that in one of the topics I call you know one of the truths that that set us free. You know that's the truth about God that sets me free and many others is that it's all love. And there's no limit to how much I can love. And I don't want to limit who and what I love. I want to find reasons to love everyone and everything because I want to feel love all the time. I don't have one second that I want to feel anger or let alone uh, malevolent towards somebody because every cell in our body feels everything that we feel. So for the sake of our own health and healing and happiness, we want to be part of solutions. We don't want to be part of problems. And I went through years like in the phase, you kind of sound like you're still in, where you want to take pots and pans and and yell and scream and make a lot of noise and say, it's well, all Well, I got a show BS. doing that. Sorry, sorry. Of course I'm in that yeah. phase. Yeah, I do a show doing that. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you're course. doing a great diatribe. I'm very yeah. interested, Bruce. Sorry, go ahead. No, and, and, it's, and it's part of your goodness. It's part of your righteous indignation because healthy, sane, kind people who, who want to be happy and want others to be happy want to be outraged at the lies you discovered about 9-11 and the Federal Reserve and everything else you've learned in the last six years. And so, and so did I. I um, and I set out to write a book about energy and that this is a spiritual realm and everything's love, everything's God, everything's holy. And then I, 9-11 happened along the way, and I researched the heck out of it, and it led me down all the trails into who owns what, and the assassinations and everything else. And it, only, it wasn't until years later I decided to put them together in my book so that 9-11 and the lies of, of the government and the lies of all the wars are problems solved by not only the truth of our nature that, we are infinite spiritual beings who can love and create whatever we want, but also solved by the truth of these events. The truth of 9-11 
saves us from um, being duped by by the lie into you know hating Muslims and invading and killing people on the other side of the world who had nothing to do with what happened over here on on 9/11. So uh, I also want to you know so I my book is filled with uh, a lot of CIA malevolence, a lot of the Manchurian candidates. Um, it's got, you know, it, it talks about, well, the let's talk about that real of, quick, real quick. I want to hear, talk about your book. Sorry, Nash. Uh, we got to talk about Manchurian candidates now with Biden in office. We see all these events going up a million times, but what do you, what is your opinion? Like, how does a Manchurian candidate, we know MK ultra, how do you think that they can, uh, you know, whatever third party control somebody, however, whatever the right way to describe it. Well, uh, it's often referred to as trauma-based mind control. Um, well, they use that on everybody. Sorry, I feel like they use that on the yeah. mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's even it, it's 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 part of our entire culture. All right, but for Manchurian candidates, you know, people who would who will do what they're commanded to do, regardless of the morality or the ethics of it, or even being an assassin, you know. Um, uh, I talk about uh, Charles Whitman, who was the Texas University of Texas shooter in the summer of '66. He was an ex-marine like Oswald. He was seeing doctors for inexplicably inexplicable headaches and ailments. He was journaling. I don't know why I'm losing control of my mind and my emotions until suddenly one day he killed his wife, and then he shot his mother, and then he took a rifle or a lot of weapons up at the University of Texas at Austin, I believe, and he sniped a bunch of people. Well, that was the summer that people were starting to question the reward report. And they were questioning the story that one lone nut, Oswald in Texas, former Marine, shot Kennedy. So did they make a Manchurian candidate out of another Marine, this Charles Whitman, and put him in a tower and have him shoot randomly at people so that everyone would see, oh, well, I guess it's just a thing that happens. These lone nuts just go off and shoot everybody. So maybe Oswald did do it by himself. And if you study anything about Sirhan Sirhan in the pantry at uh, the Ambassador Hotel, 1968. Tell uh, me about Sirhan. I mean, I mean, I know how he shot Robert Kennedy, but tell me why that was bullshit. Excuse my French, Bruce, but I'd like to know because break that. I mean, give me what what was uh, fuddy duddy about that? Everything. Um, I, I just haven't done a ton of research. Holds, I know. I know. No, no, no. I, I'll, I'll, I'll unpack well, well, it. The, um, one, the one thing I know, I want you to unpack it all. The one thing I know is what is it? He was shot him from the back, but then after the autopsy, he had wounds from the front or something. There's something. Oh, go ahead. You tell us, Bruce. Please go ahead. Uh, uh, unpack it. Sir Han, Sir Han fired a pistol. There's a lot of research. The body of research after 45, 50 years now is that he be very could have. He likely, he could have been firing blanks to draw everyone's attention. He was about three to six feet in front of Senator Kennedy when the autopsy determined that the bullets into Kennedy came from the right rear mm -hmm. and were no more than about an inch away because of the powder burns behind uh, Senator Robert Kennedy. So that, that's a hook to get people started into you know, researching that. And then there's the fact that the pistol that Sirhan had fired only, I think, eight or nine shots total. Well, they retrieved uh, about 13 to 17, some counts go as high as 18 or 19 bullets. And the LA police did a massive job of collecting, hiding, destroying, and lying about the evidence. So it's a blurry mess now.
And my buddy Spiro uh, said something. Also... Ask about the trigger. What was up with the trigger? Was something wrong with the trigger? I'm um, not sure exactly what that means. No, I don't know. But yeah. if he was firing blanks, how did all those bullet holes get in the walls and the pantry doors behind Senator Kennedy? Well, there were witnesses there that saw a man up on a table next to behind Sir Han in a crouching shooting position. There are other witnesses who saw people run out with a gun in their hands. Another young woman saw a couple come out, come rushing out and telling someone as they left the room, we shot him, we shot him. So this, uh, this witness says, who'd you shoot? And she said, uh, Senator Kennedy. And they, and they kept that running. It was a crowded room. There were lots and lots of people in there. It was chaos. Everything happened really, really fast. And then if you read about the, the proceedings at Sir Han's trial, you see how the LA police was, uh, you know, had folks in there who were affiliated with the CIA and how they muddied all the evidence. So that's a Manchurian candidate because uh, they, they uh, need to be able to set up and blame patsies and make sure that they get the job done. But the big thing to imagine for about trauma-based mind control is that in a way we're all victims of it because 90% of Americans go through public school. And I call, in my book, I say that school is a trauma from which we all must recover because human beings, little boys and girls are active by nature. We're curious. We climb all over, we handle everything, we take things apart, we put things together, we throw things to learn how heavy they are, we crawl all over the adults that we love as they're doing their work to see what they're doing. How can we help? How'd you do that? And all that is demonized and crushed by forcing us into school. Birds fly to survive. They are encouraged to fly from the day that they're born okay to become functioning adult birds yeah human beings make decisions in order to survive using reason developing the the wings the muscles of our reason from preschool through graduation we are told to sit down shut up and do what we're told we are not allowed to make decisions we are not allowed to fly so we graduate terrified and we're told to, to decide what are we going to do with our lives, to decide what kind of a job we want, to decide what kind of a major I want. So now 18-year-olds, freshmen in college, break down, cry, have nervous breakdowns, need comfort rooms with teddy bears and kittens because they're panic-stricken because they're being asked to do what they've never been allowed to do before, make decisions. We don't want to make decisions. We don't trust our judgment. We haven't developed it. We haven't made decisions. So that's a diatribe about uh, trauma-based mind control. And it's so beautiful. We will, obey, we will obey anyone who shows up as an authority because since day one, we've been trained to just obey the person who's telling us what to do, obey the person who's in authority. Mark Dice is a video is a videographer. I author. love Mark Dice. He shared one of my videos that he got me a bunch of followers. The Mark Dice is a great guy. Go ahead about Mark. I Dice. would imagine. Yeah, I imagine awesome. yeah. you guys would do some good stuff together yeah, too. He's awesome. Yeah. Go one ahead. of his videos, maybe you saw it. He's standing at the steps above a beach, and he's got a clipboard, and he's stopping people. No, no, you can't use these stairs to get oh, onto yeah, the yeah, beach. Yeah. You got to go forty yards down that way and go down there. And everybody he's listens. Got a, he's got. He's got like a lanyard with a with a name tag. Everybody listen. 
As yeah. soon as the CDC says this stuff's over, people will listen. That's all it takes is one tweet from the. Well, yeah. I'm just saying that's how brain dead we are. Uh, uh, everybody thinks they got it. Somebody else figured it out for them. Why is that though, Bruce? Because it's the indoctrination from school that we just learned not to think for ourselves. Is that what we it just, is? We in school, we learn to do what we're told for 12 long years. You know, that's it. What'd you learn in school today? Parents can stop asking their kids that because every day our kids learn the same thing to do what they're told. If you initiate something, you're a troublemaker. You're bad. If you're active and you fought you, you, your nature compels you to be, to be active. You're bad. School teaches us that we're bad by nature. They'll give us drugs to stop us from being what we are by nature. Active and curious. Humans need to learn in order to survive. We're compelled to learn. We're just curious. We have to. It's, it's, it's what we would do naturally if we were free out on the farm, free range children, tribal cultures. But in this, you know, in the, in the developed countries as we are, um, this is what we get. We are well schooled. We are well trained. We, will, we, we walk in lockstep and we obey authority. So, that's trauma-based mind control, and it is why we have gotten to, to, to where we are. And I, uh, you know, encourage everyone to, and, and like you're doing, we have to call the lies of the power structures for what they are and help people see it as the first step to become convinced, like, wow, you know, they really have been lying. Wow, that war was a lie. That war was a lie. That thing was a staged event. That thing was a staged event. They did it, and the government did it. Some the police did it. The FBI did it, and they're blaming it on some other group to galvanize the attack on that group. That's that's the new enemy we're supposed. To. And when we realize that that's all lies, we have to then challenge ourselves and each other to imagine what's the remedy. What's the remedy? A, it's spread the word because, and this is at the end of one of these documentaries. I bet you even saw. I forget when it was. One of the nine eleven documentary spread the word because something will happen when enough of us know S good stuff will happen alex and enough of us know how much we're told by the mainstream by presidents and governors and by news readers on the news is lies it's just lies well i think they call that the collective consciousness the zeitgeist and you're right like i mean now more than ever i believe it's tilting towards people waking up um, but like, how, how do you imagine, I mean, you're writing a book, but do you actually imagine in our lifetimes, like some cultural, like awakening and would that cause some sort of reset? Like what does a world being awake kind of look like to you, Bruce? I don't know, but let's create it by continuing to doing what we're doing. Yeah, I know um, you don't know. That, that's hard. It. Sorry. I know that's a hard question. No, 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 no. It's a fair, no, it's yeah. fair. No, yeah. it's, we have to hope against hope because, um, we, we, you know, the, the, we've got to look for the, the folks who are, are in love with the truth, passionate about the truth, trying to tell the truth and, and kiss a lot of frogs, you know, Hey, did you hear nine 11 is an inside job? Whoa. You know, and just go to the next person, go to the next person, um, and try and, and fan the fires and just hope that, and, and, and they're out there, you know, like, like I, I just learned recently that you exist, that you're doing this show. 
you know, and I'm and I'm in the process of trying to find more and more content. Yeah, no, there is an awakening more shows, every day. More, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's accounting for the crowds that are in the streets of the European cities lately. Did you see it, London over the weekend? They're Yesterday, really waking up. And, but see, America, yeah, yeah. America. Well, we should have already been doing that, Bruce. I'm saying that kind of makes it kind of sad seeing that, seeing how behind. Uh, but you're right. People are waking up. Uh, there's no doubt about that. They can only be stepped on their necks so long until we either die or wake up, right? Yeah, yeah. And and um, it's 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 prioritizing it and it's doing all we can. You know, you're doing this show. Uh, maybe you've got other plans and in, in, in schemes. Maybe you've got, you know, other channels you want to create. Maybe you've got other things. I, uh, you know, I'm in the process of uh, my book is just coming out. I'm in the process of trying to promote the heck out of it and try and, 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 try and your to... link is in the description guys, please go buy the book. The link is in the description to Bruce, to Bruce, Torres.com. They can find your information, Bruce, and then I'll go on and put even more all the links uh, to all your social media and stuff after the interview. Uh, but uh, but uh, no, but Bruce, keep going. I just everything you said tonight has been inspirational. Uh, well, besides, I want to ask you. Besides nine eleven, and you said you're you're big in, in JFK. You're in Dallas. When did you discover uh, the you know the truth behind the, the you know the, the let JFK me tell you the big let me and... tell you let me tell you the biggest lie let me wake you up you're gonna say Alex you're a nut let me tell you something this goes back to school you know how they tell us that the, we evolved from monkeys they evolved from pond scum now I don't know you're gonna say Alex you're gonna say Alex you're so deep in the woods I I'm a geocentrist I believe Earth is the center of the universe and the sun moon and stars rotate around us only because Einstein said it from our perspective either they're moving and we're standing still or they're basically so far away and standing still or we're moving and I just don't believe the earth is moving so that's how deep I am and I believe they teach us at school that you're on a rock with the sun 93 million miles away in this moon and that you're this cosmic accident that came from the Big Bang. I think it's different than that. I think that nothing's an accident, that this Earth was created by somebody that was smart, something that was smart, and that we are the center of our universe, of the universe from our perspective. And I know people can tell me in line, say, you know, Saturn is this thing. That Saturn has something to do with us. We're not, Saturn's not his own thing. It has something to do, I don't know what, but it has something to do with us, in my opinion. What do you think about that? Is that far out? Have you ever heard about that, Bruce? I have heard about that. And I I, um, I don't have an opinion about it. I'm trying to have an open mind about everything and not believe things. Well, let me tell you I've what. I've seen enough evidence, you know. I, I want to hear your opinion, but this is the one main thing about the spinning thing. This is why. is is This is what they tell us, the trajectory of the Earth, is that we're going 66,600 miles an hour orbiting the sun, while also being at a 23.4 degree tilt. So if you look at that, the, uh, the adjacent angle is 66.6. .6. So just two of the main descriptions of the Earth is satanic gematria math. And then you look into NASA, and you look into a thing called Operation Mockingbird. I mean, excuse me, Operation Paperclip. Operation Mockingbird is where they own all the media. Operation Paperclip is where they brought all the head Nazi uh, uh, war criminals, you know, uh, uh, engineers, scientists, to create our NASA program. So they were created by the same people that created the CIA, all the alphabet agencies, the OSS was the precursor to all that. So if you look at the people that teach and created the, the, the uh, curriculum in our schools, the space program, everything, was literally created by evil, 
Nazis. I mean, for lack of a better word. And so it's it's just hard for me to trust them. And I'm just telling you this. I, I can never look you in the face and tell you that I know everything about the sun, moon, and stars. I don't. But I know that they say we go in four different directions, yet Polaris, the North Star, is in the same spot every single night. And it's been used for celestial navigation since we've been able to record time. So if we're going all these different directions, how is that thing in the same spot every night all the time since recorded history. It just makes you wonder their story sounds a little funny, just like the story that you and I was a micro amoeba that had abiogenesis and everything came from nothing. Well, you've got an open mind. You know, you, you, your life's always going to be a great adventure if you stay curious and you look into all that and you believe nothing. You know, you, you listen to everything, you read everything, you, you know, you watch everything and be very, very careful about you know, what, what we claim to be certain about, you know, that was the humbling thing about, you know, 9-11 or discovering the truth behind any scenes. Ah, but back to JFK. Mm-hmm. What ignited you about JFK? Well, JFK, I'm in Dallas. Okay, okay. But yeah. so, so, so for me, JFK, it's funny. I grew up in Dallas. So you go to, uh, you know, where he was shot. I mean, you go there. And, and as a kid, we even watched a JFK movie with Oliver Stone. So what I'm saying with JFK, okay, I have to ask you this. You're younger than my dad. You're a young man. But see, my dad, is he's indoctrinated. I'm like, Dad, obviously, I'm trying to wake him up to, you know, JFK. Alex, I, I got to ask a favor of you. Yes. Can you cue up something for I'm about three up. minutes? Yeah, yeah. Cue yeah. up something about JFK as a conversation starter. I need about two to three minutes. Okay, what is it? What's it called? I don't know. No, I, you got to fill some time. I got to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, yeah. Go use your restroom. I'll talk all about JFK. <laughs> no, no, go use. Take your time because then we'll take calls. I'll be. I'll be one or no, two, no, minutes, no, no, one no, or two no. minutes. Hey, we've been on for an yeah. hour and a half. Please, I got to take a restroom. I always take a restroom break too. No, no, no. Take a break right. and then I'll get people on for calls. But I want to talk about JFK. We are. You but think, I, but you to take you your time about some things. No, no. I'll be two minutes. Two minutes. Go one number minute. two. You got an hour. I'm just kidding. That's a joke, Bruce. I hope we didn't hear that. Okay. All right. I'm gonna open the phone line so you guys can come on. I know you guys wanna. Come on, and and, and I, you know I, I don't know if we'll overwhelm the guests, but we might probably do one at a time. Come on and ask a question. Bruce is a great guest so far. I'm really enjoying talking to a like-minded individual, guys. We need more. Yeah, Jack Ruby, Jack Rubenstein, real name, Jack Rubenstein. You like that? Kirk, if you guys want to come ask a question, the link is in the chat. Um, for me, though, JFK was like shoved down my throat, and I always just asked my dad, like, what happened? And my dad would always be like, oh, it's the official story. The official story. The official story. And he still says bullshit like that, even though I'm a conspiracy theorist. So I think now he just says it because he wants to, you know, he's my dad. We can never agree. He's got a, he's my best friend. And my biggest guy that punches me in the gut on purpose because I deserve it because him and I are so close. So he's always going to be my, what I'm saying is it's extra close to home because my dad's going to say, believe the official story that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was able to fire three shots back into the left. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, the trajectory of the shots. But a lot of people like to say that, I think it was Austin saying that it was all a lie and that JFK faked the death. I don't know. I mean, I just. I believe that some people can really die in some of these events. And and Epstein Island for me, 
it's really hard for me to actually think, you know, uh, I see Tommy in the chat. It's hard for me to think that. What do you think about that? Let me let me pull it back up. Uh, oh, uh, Bruce, what do you ever think about like the Epstein Island idea? Like where they can go. Not 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 actual Epstein Island, but the idea that like celebrities don't die, that they can go hide them out. They can kind of put them in like a witness protection program because I don't necessarily prescribe that. But some people think, you know, sometimes they don't die. They're just an actor on the world stage and they just get retired, for lack of a better word. It reminds me of the, I think it's $21 trillion that the Pentagon admitted around 2015 or 2017 that they can't find. Alex, just imagine what they can stage and make look very real with $21 trillion. That's easy to, to, to even create a character like, oh, I don't know, Barack Obama. You know, I'm not saying he, he was Barack Obama, but he, I believe, was groomed from 1,000%. Wait, let's talk about Barack Obama. 1,000%. He even had to go to an actor named Harry Lennox to learn how to be a black guy from uh, uh, the south side of Bronx. And I it gets so deep. <laughs> did, you know, did you ever hear, what, what about this? Did you ever see this clip? Let me play it. So you're going to see. I don't want to play it to you live. Hold on. Uh, uh, I want to see if you've seen this. Now, our first screen share of today. Screen share. And screen share. Let's go to this screen. Okay. So let's see. This is the first. <laughs> yeah, I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. And then not long. Oh, here, here, let, me, let me just see where she says. Uh, yeah, on no, the stairs. Uh, it's when she's going in. That'll be the clip. Yeah. When Let's she's see. outside. Going I know, but, but this is like ET. I don't want to get a copyright strike, so I want to try to watch like a see if there's like there has to be a a, a, a like a. You'll see, see. This is it. This is it. Perfect. This is. Miss Rivers, how are you? You made you made a ton of news right. officiating the wedding in New York yesterday. Is this like a is this like a new uh, cottage uh, career move I for you? I'm so excited. Okay. And I should do very well because I don't charge. And do you think that the country will see the first, the United States will see the first gay president or the first woman well, we president? We already have it with Obama, so let's just calm down. Got it. You know Michelle is a trans. I'm sorry, she's a what? A transgender. We all know. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. It's okay. She's a transgender. We all know. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. It's okay. She does the People are gonna get mad. Uh, they're gonna because they say she, Joe. Well, they, not that. Not, they're not gonna get mad. They're all agree that Michelle Obama's a man. Probably a lot of them. But Joan Rivers was supposed to be Illuminati. I mean, she, you know, she was as as you know deep in that stuff as anybody. I, I've just seen his family, his 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 mother and others were closely he was affiliated to some degree with entities close to the CIA. And I'm I, I'm. It, it looks like to me that he was groomed into position to be president um, all along. Um, yeah. From birth. Uh, yeah, hey, I believe his mom was a CIA and his grandmother, I think, was an accountant uh, for, for, yeah. for some sort of black operation missions for socialism in, yeah. in like for the Philippines or something weird like that. 
or Indonesia or Indonesia Indonesia is where it was because that's where his um, so so with 21 trillion bucks can they can they make an Epstein disappear can they can they they can do whatever they want and make it look really really real um maybe you you know speaking of the Nazis in the uh in NASA do you know who Dr. Stephen Greer is why don't I know that no go ahead please extrapolate he's been he's been working for UFO disclosure for 30 years and he talks a lot about Warner Von Braun Braun telling his assistant in the 1970s they're gonna I think he warned where they're gonna after the after communism goes away as the plausible enemy they're gonna create an enemy out of uh, with terrorism in the Middle East he may have even said Islamic terrorism and then maybe something else. And then the next thing they're going to do is stage a UFO uh, invasion in order to freak the world out that that's a threat. And they'll have the technology to, to create the, the, the sights in the sky of an invasion. Dr. Greer says we've reversed engineered crashed UFOs and that many or most of all UFO sightings are man-made objects. And that the next boogeyman fear we're going to have, you know, enemy we're going to be told we have to fight and reason to sacrifice more rights and treasure to make a government even stronger to spy on us and control us. So we can all, the world can band together against the UFO invasion. Heard any of that? Are you kidding? So they have a thing called NASA Project Bluebeam. I've looked into it all. So what they're going to do is this is the plan is they don't know when. And it's like it's it's there's speculation about it. There there are there are allusions to it. There must be some evidence or some paperwork that that gives that impression. I don't know. If, I don't there know. Is. There is there's there's declassified. Yeah. Well, there's declassified okay. paperwork from NASA that that this talks about having this technology that and this is what they state of things they can do with it. And this is why people think it's that technology they could use for it. They state that the technology has the ability to make it look like Jesus is coming down for the rapture or Muhammad. So it doesn't say anything else. It doesn't say anything else. It's just that, uh, you know. uh, um, Right. And some folks wonder if that's what they're seeding the atmosphere with, with the um, chemtrails, is so that projected light of, 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 you know, holographic images will look 3D because the atmosphere will be filled with, you know the the minuscule particles that will reflect and create images pretty <laughs> you know so we uh we have our work cut out for us uh determining what's true false real wrong you know okay we have our first caller it takes a second to hop on so hold on lindsay it's going to take a second to connect let's see how our audio is let me do a little live editing Lindsay, her audio is connecting. It always takes a second for the people to connect. Lindsay, what'd you what'd you what'd you talk about when I was gone? We didn't do into JFK. I know yeah. we need we can get into JFK. People are loving the topic. What did I talk? Well, I just talked about how JFK, how my dad is from Dallas, and like he, you know, talks about how he believes the official story. And now I'm real close to my dad still, obviously, or not obviously, but uh, and he still likes to like I talked to him about jfk and stuff and he still like tries to believe the official story it's just he it's just such bull crap i'm saying what i'm saying is so for me it's kind of a funny story because it kind of annoys me a little bit oh and spence is in the room oh, hey spence i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on i'm gonna hey Lindsay, are you there 
I'm here. Lindsay, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. And I'm saying, Spence, you're on hold. I'm going to add you next. Um, uh, welcome to the castle. What's your question for Bruce de Torres this evening? Thank okay, you okay. On. So I saw, I saw like, um, I don't know if it was like a Photoshop picture. And it looked like Jackie was killing JFK. And they say that there's also speculation that she might have been CIA. And she was the one that did it. And I saw the picture. And I'm sure it's Photoshop. But I just wanted your take on that. Thanks. Uh, I've, I've seen a couple of those headlines and the, and the use of that particular frame from the Zabruder film. I personally think that that's, that's nonsense. And the reason why is every week I help uh, Chris Milligan of Trinday.com, who's publishing my book, interview a number of his past authors. He's published about 150 books in the last 20 years, all on conspiracy and suppressed information. And that kind of thing is strikes me, and I think he mentioned it in one interview as well, as part of the misinformation that's put out there, Lindsay, to drive us all crazy, as he puts it. Um, <laughs> there are all kinds of agendas. There's all kinds of entities that are firehosing us in the mainstream news and also on social media to, to freak us out and outrage us with maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that. So that divide we take sides, divide and conquer. So it's, and also as I've read extensively about the Kennedy assassination and about, you know, Jackie, you know, after the, you know, during, you know, her marriage and during the presidency or whatever. And that's just, I think that's, um, that's just someone making a lot of hooey out of something in order to, to get clicks to, I don't know, drive <laughs> revenue to Click get more me. viewers. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think that is. Yeah. Anything else, Lindsay? Thank you. What a great question. I like when you get our guests kind of hooey. I like it. I like it, Bruce. I feel like she got you, uh, you know, emotional. No, that's it. I came I like on. That. I finally came on. Lindsay, is this your... On. I'm, on. I'm so happy you're on. Finally. Is this, so this is your first time calling? Long-time listener? First-time caller? Is that is that? No, I called one night, and I couldn't get through. Like, what? months ago. Yes, it was, like, over. Wow, I must have been a badass. I was balling then. Okay, well, you're awesome, Lindsay. Two people are on. Uh, thank you for calling, and I hope you'll call again with a voice like that. You sound like a very attractive, nice lady, so thank you for being a, uh, a listener. Lindsay, I can't tell you how much that means to me, so thank you. All right, bye. Bye. All right. Uh, bye, Lindsay. Remove. All right, Spence is next. Don't report. View. Spence is next. Glowing Vegan, you are next. Oh, Glowing Vegan, I know who that is. Okay, uh, uh, Spence. Hold on, Spence. This guy's awesome. Spence, this guy's a knowledge machine. Spence, you're live with Bruce. Where You look like you're somewhere cool. Where are you, Spence? Oh, I'm at, uh, I'm at the lake. It's, uh... It's windy and snowy and uh, slippery. It but, looks yeah. sweet. What lake? Lake Tahoe. Wow, Lake Tahoe, like a badass. Me and Bruce aren't in Lake Tahoe. We're not as cool as you. Okay, so what question do you have for Bruce? You got to drop some knowledge. Um, yeah, Bruce. Um, yeah, I was listening to you guys talking about stuff. Um. I mean, the geocentric uh, model is pretty interesting. Um, highly recommend it. Um, you know, if you're interested in learning about that, just hang around the stream. We talk about it all the time. It's great stuff. Um, 
but I wanted to ask you about like what it felt like during the JFK kind of controversy. I'm assuming you were alive then. Um, and was it similar to like the New York event that happened in the early 2000s? Like in terms of the, uh, like what did people, what did people kind of like, how did they act? How did they react to it? You know? Thanks. Yeah. I have no memory of it. I was only two years old when it happened, but Bruce uh, is a young up. man. Uh, Bruce, I saw your feelings were her, Bruce. I know you are a young man. It's hard to tell age, Bruce. But when was he know, assassinated? 60 what? 63. Wow. And um, it was it was that generation's 9/11. It was uh, a real real breaking uh, a real end of age of innocence. Um people were br brutally brutally traumatized from that for uh the rest of their lives you know the folks who work you know young adults children uh, you know full adults at the time say the country's never been the same they that that's the that's the bottom line for people who were of age and of consciousness at the time and i kind of became conscious in the late 60s and, and in the 70s and it was a it was a debate you know who did it i remember in 1975, I was probably 12 or 13 or 14 years old, seeing the Zabruder film on television for the first time. Robert Groden and Dick Gregory brought it to Good Morning America or Good Night America. Geraldo Rivera um, hosted it, and I remember looking forward to it. It was March 6, 1975, and for the very first time, the country saw the Zabruder film, and we saw Kennedy's head. Snap back, snap back, and to the left, and it was nauseating. I remember being very, 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 very upset about it. And then you know, uh, the Congress so reopened the, the case and reinvestigated it. And um, I, I would, I would say, even then, I was, you know, in, in grammar school, middle school, high school in the seventies, and it was still a cloud over us, you know. But I wasn't a direct. Uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't conscious at the time. I was only two years old when it happened. Spence, what do you think about, uh, uh, organized religion, Spence? Uh, Bruce is against organized religion. What do you think about that, Spence? Yeah, you know, um, organized religions can be corrupted by individuals, which is a problem. Um, Everybody's but saying you're running from the Blair Witch Project. I like how I asked you a question after you as you just ran in his guest on. But uh, uh, what, ask your last question for Bruce or somebody else is behind you. Uh, but uh, sorry, go ahead. That was funny. The, the Blair Witch thing made me laugh. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, I just wanted to say, like, the thing is about organized religions, they tend to stay even when nations rise and fall. So... One of the reasons that we use this path for truth is because that's the path that was already set up a long time ago. Um, you know, but that's not to say that everybody in an institution is going to understand the truth just because they were brought into it. Um, and it's also not to say um, that institutions are immune to deception and corruption. 
because they certainly aren't. Um, but yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about that. Uh, I can see where you're coming from. I just, I, I feel like the organized religions, um, those are like the best chance that we have of, uh, you know, influencing some kind of positive change is within the, from within the institutions that already exist. So that's my opinion on that. Thank you. Wow. Awesome. All right, Spence. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for coming on. Uh, peace. Wow, that was cool. Okay, we have one more person on hold. Glowing Vegan. You are they're coming on right now. Glowing Vegan, it takes a second for the audio um, to come through. What's going on, Glowing Vegan? Hello? Oh, well, we lost him. Uh, he was there uh, for a second. Yeah. Well, he's called. He calls in all the time. I can't think of his, his real name, but um, you know, uh, well, Bruce, we're at an hour and forty-three minutes. So come on, let's last ten minutes of the show. You know, I like to, you know, kind of wrap it up and and put a cherry on top. So, oh, well, let me do actually another screen share because I want to show your book. I want to show your book. Screen share participant. Thank you. Screen. Let me go to the right. Hold on, cancel. I'll mention my site. I hope folks go to BruceTotoris.com. Yeah, that's what I'm going to right um, now. Oh, groovy. BruceTotoris.com. You guys are going to see it. This is this is where we're going to be able to buy Bruce's book. And you can see it here. Uh, yeah, Bruce, you can tell you're a young man. You look like a very young man in this photo. You look like you're at the beach and a little red. Where is this picture? Where was it? This is taken on a vacation or something. Where was this taken? That was last summer after some days by the pool. Yeah, you look nice. Yeah, you look like you're having a, a good time. Okay, guys, and this is and this this the this, the link is in the description. So it's brucetutorials.com. And uh, and here, let me let me just read the bio real quick. Let me give you a professional bio, guys. After getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree in acting and directing, pursuing an acting career in New York and Points West. Performing lead roles in comedies, dramas, and musicals, Bruce DeTorres decided to write a book about energy, consciousness, and the nature of reality. 9-11 happened along that way. After years of research, Bruce decided to incorporate it and similar things in God's School, 9-11, and JFK. The lies are to killing us and the truth that sets us free is problems solved by the truth of our nature and the truth of such events. Bruce also drummed in rock bands and hosted thousands of business networking meetings while developing his marketing, sales, and public speaking skills. He lives... Once again, in New Jersey, so you're a mafioso, Bruce DeTorres. So what do you do? Do you so are you in the sanitation business? Are you gonna Are you gonna put me in the trunk of your car? I didn't know you're new. I didn't know if you was in New Jersey, I wouldn't have done an interview with you. I don't want to wake up with a horse head in my bed. You would, have, you would have talked to me with a little more respect. A little more respect. I, the Sopranos is my favorite show, so I have this like love for New Jersey. I know that's a stereotype, but uh, did you grow up in New Jersey? Are you from? Uh, are you I from? Did. Yeah. New Jersey, yeah. Well, yeah. where where did you study acting? Tell me this. I, you know, because I've been in a couple commercials. I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I've been. I, I moved to Hollywood, and I was, uh, you know, I worked in the production side of TV, and I, I was like a featured extra on The Office, and a couple like my like pet favorite shows. So that was a cool experience. But other than that, it sucked being an extra. I mean, that, I'll man. answer. I'll answer if you just scroll up a little bit real quick. I just okay. want to point a couple things out. Since we're in our dwindling minutes here. Oh, yeah, no, no, we have our time. We can go over. I was just trying to, you no, know. I just, uh, and this is just, right there, boom. You see, click to order now. But also, it's these testimonials. Um, that That's, 
you know, no, back gonna, up. Yeah, that's nice. I'm going to order right now, though. Hold on. Well, I, no, I, I, I want to just point out those testimonials so anyone can go there and go read there. Look, 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 look. check out PayPal. Watch, well, watch, everybody, watch this. You are gonna watch me buy well, this bitch. No, we're buying it live on the air, Bruce and Torres. <laughs> I'm not doing this fake shite where they don't. You don't buy the book. I don't bring you on. I don't buy the book. I just bought the book. Look at this, cause I'm a pimp. I'm about to learn. I'm about to learn. Two eighty nine. That's a deal. Shipping. I love it, guys. You guys can't get a better deal for twenty two bucks. Complete order. Wait, same as shipping. Yes. Complete order. Let's go, baby. And then we got to go back to the book to go. Now I'm about to learn about Bruce de Torres. There you go. Thank you, Alex. Order confirmed. Uh, so let me go back God to the testimonies. Uh, God uh, bless you. Yeah, no, I just so people can read them when they want. Um, I uh, majored in uh, at Montclair State College. Now it's Montclair State University, and uh, you know that's that's all I thought I would do with my life until I uh, got my idea about energy, and then I decided to write a book. And uh, I took my time, and then 9/11 happened, and uh, the rest is uh, suppressed history. <laughs> well, that's why you're such a, so good and performative. I didn't know you're such a talented actor. So, uh, did you? Did, so, in college, did you major in theater? Yeah, I was a speech and theater major. Yes. Wow. Acting and direct concentration in acting and directing. Yeah, because I'd say it's funny. People probably thought that's easy. That's actually some of the most intensive school. So you actually probably were really involved in your college work. Because like even the introductory, like I took, I took, I got, I got a general studies degree. So I got three minors: sociology, business, and communication studies. And just a communication studies minor was a lot of crap. So like the major is so much more intense. I didn't even get into that school. I guess I could have tried. I just wanted to graduate. Is what I'm saying. Is so I could imagine actually doing acting theater school. Did you have to act and do shit constantly? Excuse my French. Yeah, a lot of plays, uh, acting classes, directing classes, play script interpretation. It was, it was great. It was great. That's probably the best time of your life. You don't even realize it. That actually sounds pretty cool. But I bet it's kind of hard too. It was uh, well. It was hilarious because actors are fun people. So I was with my tribe, um, children in a lot of ways. You know, emotive and just trying to make each other laugh. Acting was a struggle for me. I didn't have natural instincts. It was it was a uh, it was really hard to develop some control and to figure out what I was doing. And here's a cherry for the whole episode. <clears throat> I learned how to pay attention to people on stage first. And it was I then I I got a handle on acting and I could go into auditions and just because I turned it around. It became, I wasn't there to perform. I was there to see your performance if you're my scene partner. So that took away all the self-consciousness and that was my trick or key to learning how to be comfortable on stage and being a much more effective actor. But it led me to pay attention to the rest of my life. And I realized that I was miserably unhappy, that I was always worried and I was very competitive and I was very controlling. I'd never seen all that before because I was in my own head just thinking about my own problems and goals and I need to get an act, my next acting job and I need to get better as an actor. But when I learned how to pay attention, Alex, that's what got me thinking about, wow, what is this thing about life? And then it was a year or so later of some reading that I, I, I read that book, Think and Grow Rich, and he was talking about energy and thoughts become things 
I had that whole train of thought that I talked about earlier, the, the great aha that inspired me to try to write something about energy and the nature of reality. And that's what launched it all. Well, Bruce, I didn't know you're such a good thespian because that's a funny. I, I was actually I, I, I like to walk every day for my mental health. Not I eat a terrible diet, even though I don't eat meat. I just eat a bunch of cookies and candy. So I'm not it's not a health thing. But what I'm saying is I was thinking is we got to make a movie, Bruce, because mainstream media is never going to make a movie about like going down that initial rabbit hole, the awakening, you know, like a guy with his normal uh, family. And then he did just a movie of just that, you know, just that transition where he goes from being a normal. You'd be the perfect actor, Bruce. I'm just saying that to be you'd be the perfect perfect guy there's a normal guy with his kids the next minute he's with laptops you know having existential but, but nightmares. check this out just scroll up right on this page you're gonna love this about what you're just talking about right there upcoming titles. Click, pod, click podcast please okay. episodes chris's podcast you see it's called the journey and it's these are his past authors and the titles that they talk about some of them are 9-11, some of them are JFK, some of them are CIA drug smuggling. Um, and that's what Chris, who's 71 years old, when he, was, uh, in his, when he was 20 years old back in 1969, Alex, his father sat him down and said, the Vietnam War is all about drugs. Um, they're out to opiate your whole generation and communism's all a sham. It's all a big game. There are these secret societies that are behind it all. And Chris didn't understand what the heck his father was talking about. But he took on conspiracy theory as, a, as a, like an independent study. And then he started reading about Skull and Bones. And it wasn't until you know, he, you know, he was 50 years old, around the year 2000, he created Trine Day in order to start publishing some books that were exposing kind of real truth, but mainstream public publishing houses weren't touching them. And that's the inspiration behind this publishing company. And his podcast is the journey we all take when we, when our eyes open up to how the world really works and what that does to, to us is exactly the movie that uh, you talked about making just now. Well, it changes your whole perspective. I mean, your life totally takes a different meaning. Like it, like you said, it, it's that freedom but at the end of the day, you know, once you get that freedom, it's beautiful, but you can never, it's almost you kind of didn't realize, well, I'm, I'm not trying to like be annoying, but then you kind of realize you are the rat in the cage and that we really are. Like what I'm saying is you kind of long for that day when I was just melancholy and was a zombie. When you actually wake up to this truth, it's a little, it's a little scary. It's not that pleasurable. What do you ever think until, about that? Until, right, until you confess that, because I relate to that. We all relate to that. And then... If we were all around a campfire, we would say, well, gosh, darn it, I'm going to, you know, we're, we're going to man up. We're yeah. going to face this thing. We're going to dive into the wave. We're going to call its bluff. And if it kills us, it kills us. <laughs> like, you know, Martin Luther King leading walk marches and protests and getting hit in the head with bricks. You know, he probably knew the night before he was shot that there was an assassination plot in the city. So in his last speech, he said, I've been to the mountaintop. I may not get to the promised land with you, but I'm afraid of no man this evening. You know, he was sweating. He looked like he was shaking. He probably thought that there was a gun trained on him right there. Alex, it's a test of your courage and mind that we're going to do all we can to try to save, solve this because there are generations coming after us. There are children and children and children and children coming after us who deserve a better planet than this and a better legacy than this. 
But are they ever going to get a better legacy when we got like the CIA and FBI and Kamala Harris and, you know, and the surveillance state? I mean, I know we are going to wake them up and I'm not trying to end it on a chair and talk to you. It's such a good thing. It's like, man, I'm, I, this is what, this is my point. When it triggers me when you say the future generations, because yes, I want to help for these kids more than anybody. But I almost believe that people younger than me are even more dumb down than me, more floridated than me. Like they're, they're, they're just, they are even more screwed and more lost and have less of a chance to make it than I did. And it's really sad to see. And it's kind of, it's like uh, watching a car crash in slow motion. I, I, I think it's a function of how, what we tell ourselves, you got to get that out of your system. I got to get that out of my system. But at the end of the day, the challenge is, are we adults or not? And we are adults. If we're adults, we have to solve our problems. And we have to care about those who depend on us. The old and infirm and the young and infirm. We're the backbone of our time as adults. I agree. I mean, we are our own backbone. It's like the reality. It's just a hard pill to swallow for some people realizing that the world is a lie and that everything. That's why you got friends like me and all the listeners who called in and because we can't do it alone. There are going to be days when you're strong and I'm exasperated. But 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 that's it. When you're exasperated and you can you can. You call a friend like me. But I don't want to sound like a bitch. I want to say, guys, we got to have gratitude. Life is short. That's the thing. It's like, it's not all doom and gloom. Guys, life is short. We're going to be here. It's going to blink before our eyes before we know it. So we got to, you know, be grateful for the stuff we had. Then go go to this YouTube channel. Anthony Chain, if I'm saying it right, C-H-E-N-E Productions or production. Anthony Chain, I think that's how you say it. C-H-E-N-E or Chain Productions. It's all spiritual-based interviews. A lot of folks who had those near-death experiences and come back and talk about what it is over there. Because if that is reality... This is his channel. He's got 122,000 subs. Wow. So this guy's got some... I need to look into his... Wait, that top left, the top video on the left there. This one? I just watched that the other day. As soon as we're done, everyone click on that. Let that wash over you. You think this is this is what you recommend, the spiritual renaissance interview with Betty Kovacs? Oh, yeah, because if this is reality, you know, we've got to clear the muck out they of our key. head about what we think reality is, what we what think is possible. Roy, they burn many, many texts. But we know that the Nagamati texts, which were in Egypt, were buried so that they couldn't be destroyed. And we know that in those texts, Jesus is not a church type of person. Because that Jesus says to everyone that you're not to follow me. You are to become the Christ. So he is shamanic in the Nagamati text. I didn't come to save you. I came to remind you of who you are. Wow. And when you drink from my mouth, you and I are one. There's a very different Jesus. So there is a lot of evidence that there was a hidden tradition that Jesus taught in the early years of Christianity. And that hidden tradition was the shamanic, mystic tradition of achieving Christ consciousness or what we might call universal consciousness, cosmic consciousness. Wow.
Wow, wow, that's some gravy. People need to get into that. I know a lot of the Christians in there will get they'll probably get really triggered with just that clip he, right there. And here, because here's, I almost called my book the real you and all you create, because that's how powerful we are. We're creating all this. It's a collaboration because there seem to be two of us here, and even that's an illusion, because reality is one vast infinite mind, in my opinion that is performing this show for itself because it can. Wow. But we're creating all this. This is all happening in our mind, which is the one mind that we all share. Have you ever read any of Ralph Waldo Emerson? A little bit. I mean, he's one of the best authors of all time. I mean, I grew up, I had to do the required reading. What's his most famous book? Uh, I know I had to read it. Uh, what's it called? Uh, well, it's basically his essays or what he's most read. I mean, for I remember reading essays. all of Emerson's bullshit, but what about Stupid Rock? I mean, he's not stupid, very smart guy. You know, I, all those indoctrination, what is it, 1984? That, I mean, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, Holden Caulfield, uh, uh, Catchers in the Rye, Catcher in the Rye. All this is done on purpose to indoctrinate us and to, uh, you know, man manipulate us. And, like, that's why it was all the same required reading. Skybear wanted to say hey before we end the interview. But I'm saying all those books, nice. the required readings, that was done on purpose to make us feel some sort of way. So what what is it about Ralph Waldo Emerson that's so important? Well, he was known as a – he became to be – they called him and his writers who wrote like that transcendentalists. And it's all – he's got such iconic observations – like that woman Betty in the in the video about the you know the the spiritual reality that reality is Alex makes our subservience to the the control that the oligarchs and the elite give us just like nothing to slough off and just say we're we're here to love each other and we're here to manifest and create whatever we want get out of here I'm not gonna listen to you I'm not gonna play between your lines and, and, and just obey your rules. That's all. I wanted to just put a, you know, that kind of cheerful cherry on it. And Ralph Waldo Emerson is really soul nourishing and satisfying along those lines. That's my point. Well, we got some soul nourishment and some enlightening tonight. You know, I really enjoy your perspective and I really, uh, I'm looking forward to looking at your book for sure. I uh, can't wait to get that. And guys, everybody else who wants to get this book, get this information, you know, you can go to brucedetorres.com and order that book. And uh, it's only $2.84 or $0.84 to ship it to Dallas at least. So at least it's the shipping's a good You got a good deal on the shipping, so that's better than you can't. I can't complain. I got to say I like that. That made me feel good. And is there anything else, Bruce, you want to say before we uh, end this thing? Yes, a massive thank you to you, Alex, for not only having me on, but for also ordering my book like that and uh, for being in love with the truth and putting your heart and soul into sharing it with others in a way that fires them up to look into these things and to think for themselves and to make the, their own choices about how are we going to live our lives. I'm going to be as happy as I decide to be. I'm not going to be as afraid as that TV wants to make me be afraid. I'm going to think for myself. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, we just got to say, I love each and every one of y'all guys. Peace and good night. That was a great interview. And make sure to go buy Bruce's book, BruceTutorials.com. Peace and good night, everybody. A.K.A. Craig Diamond, Jefferson Ave. Let's get this shit cracking. Now, which one of y'all?